This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Alongside me, as always, Caleb Henry. And uh, I think Nebraska just scored again in the first inning in baseball. They're almost done in Waco. Almost done. We're doing a post-game show, or I guess just a late game, late a game show. Mid-game show. Yeah, you know, baseball before brunch. Is that what you called it? Yeah, baseball before brunch. Baseball before yeah, brunch. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Nebraska baseball, man, off with a bang. We got a lot to talk about this morning. All three major men's sports are uh, well. They've got things happening. Football's obviously not in season, but basketball and baseball certainly are. Um, but yeah. there's always football news. Well, yeah. There's always uh, somebody entering or exiting the transfer portal too. Apparently, it's basically a black can't... hole. Something something goes in, you don't know what comes out. And... Yeah, we'll let you know if you haven't heard already who is entering the transfer portal for Nebraska. Uh, we've got uh, a lot to get to with Nebraska basketball. Uh, they played earlier this week on the road against the top ten team and dang near won the thing at the top ten team. Yeah, had a shot at the yeah. end. Yeah, weird stuff. I'm telling you. Ninth, they played at number nine, almost one. Instead, it's their ninth straight loss. Correct. That's, that's about where Nebraska basketball is at. Uh, we got a lot to discuss with Hoiberg's crew, um, and we are uh, we're hoping to be joined very soon uh, by a couple of former Husker football players who are entering um, the uh, well. They're 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 graduated, so they hope to be drafted, uh, picked up via free agency by an NFL squad, uh, make a team, and uh, begin their NFL career. Lamar Jackson and Muhammad Barry. I uh, hope to have them in studio here uh, very shortly, so stick around for them. And Michael Brunts uh, will be down uh, later on as well to uh, run down just about everything that we are talking about because he covers it all for Husker 24-7. Uh, Caleb, let's start with the baseball, though, because it's pretty fresh. Uh, I think we're the first program in the state to be discussing it other than the postgame show itself. Correct. So let's dig into this thing. Will Bolt, 11-run first inning. What do you do for an encore? I I know there's the expectations became unreasonable forty <laughs> minutes into the game because forty minutes into the game we had just gotten to the bottom of the first inning. Yeah, um, but what we saw were things that uh, I I think we could expect from everything we heard about Will Bolt was the hitters were going to be a lot more disciplined at the plate. Yep, and boy were they 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 took a few pitches but then just hit so many opposite way there wasn't a lot of just trying to yank something uh down the left field pole it was hey just put something in play saw a couple just texas leaguers Mm -hmm. also it all it helped as things were rolling in that first inning that baylor started to they had a couple walks and then a couple airs because you got all those singles in a row it's one of those funny things about baseball if you get some momentum and you just put the ball in play Good things tend to happen, and good things did continue to happen. Um, besides that top of the first inning where 17 batters came to the plate, all nine scored. So there, you've already got your bingo card full. But we got to see Gareth Stroh actually get his debut for Nebraska. And when you want to talk about how perfect a first inning can be, you put 11 on the board in the top and then go 1-2-3 in the bottom. That's pretty good. That is about as dream a start as you can have. Um, and then from there, really coasted. Um, yeah, Stroh gets the win, went five five and a third or five and two thirds. And we got to see Kissett come in. We got to see a, a few other pitchers. And really, Nebraska wasn't in a spot where they had to press. So I, I, it's going to be. I'm interested to see how things go on today and tomorrow with the final two games of this series because that first game was essentially done in the first half inning. What What is this team going to look like when they don't get spotted 11 in the top of the first? Yeah, it will be, uh, it will be fun to see how they battle in some games where they see some adversity. Uh, that certainly didn't happen yesterday, and maybe you'll see that today or tomorrow. They chased out a starting pitcher yeah. 
with no outs in the first inning. That's not not good. I don't pitch. And I mean, I watch baseball, but I'm pretty sure you want to get at least one out before you leave the game. The pair of pitchers that went through over 60 pitches. That's that's not a good number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, some names you know from the squad last year. You have some of the usual suspects in the lineup. You got Jackson Hallmark, Cam Chick, Spencer Schwellenbach, Aaron Polensky, Luke Roska, Mojo Haggy, uh, Joe Acker, Ty Roseberry. Um, the lone new guy who started in the lineup was designated hitter Leighton Banjoff. He's a uh, true freshman out of Ohio. Um, he had a pretty nice debut. He's the DH. Uh, scored two runs, uh, did not get a hit, but walked three times, Caleb. There you go with your plate discipline. Yep. Um, he led the Huskers in walks. Uh, there were also a couple others with two apiece. Aaron Polensky and Luke Roscom uh, each walked twice. Um, there were ten walks total by this lineup. Uh, and, and just, like you said, everybody scored in the first inning. Uh, you, you have just contributions up and down, and... That builds confidence early when you don't know where that's going to be early on in somebody's tenure as a head as a brand new head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of a different philosophy at the plate. You know, what have you? Getting a start like that does worlds for your confidence. And be- besides the walks, besides the hits, we saw Mojo Haggy in his seventeenth year as a Husker. He's been here since pretty much the last College World Series run. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, um, an all timer baseball name, but. In that first inning, he puts a ball in play, and you're thinking, okay, that, that might just be the first out. He runs it out to first, there's a collision, and he ends up getting to second, puts runners on second and third, and you go, okay, there's still no outs, mm-hmm. because he hustled through first base. He could have just given it up and said, all right, well, there's our first out. Instead, that allowed the run to continue, and those are the plays that uh, we also saw a couple dives in the outfield. Um Hallmark ends up leaving the game because he he was running out to the outfield to try to try to cover one, and Polensky made a great slide, sliding grab, and they got slid into each other. Hallmark lasts one more batter and then said, "You know what? I think I should probably not be out here anymore. It's kind of hard to move." Yeah. So he gets replaced, but I mean, he still went two for three in his short time. Still had two RPIs. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good deal. So, yeah, you have Nebraska back in action today at 2.05. Colby Gomez coming from his closer role yep. last year to the starting lineup or to the starting rotation this year. This is this weekend is three new guys to the starting rotation. Yep, and and two guys that you haven't seen a lot of uh, in general for Nebraska. Gareth Stroh made his 32nd start in Division One, but he's been at Purdue for most of his career. Yeah, he's been in the Big Ten. He knows what the Big Ten pitching is. Yep, from, from Gibbon, Nebraska originally, uh, went to Coffeyville, junior college, and uh, now here with the Huskers um, for his last go-round. Yeah, he's got a lot of experience. Colby Gomez, always interesting to see how you make the transition from the bullpen early in your career to the starting rotation. Um, There's obviously a lot of confidence there from Will Bolt and the pitching staff uh, for Colby Gomez. And then Cade Povich will get the start on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see who else makes into that starting lineup too, Caleb, because if you have so much success early with the guys that went on Friday... You don't necessarily want to mess with that, but on the other hand, it is the first weekend of the year. You'd like to get guys as many looks at the plate as you can this this early in the season. I mean, it does help when you score 11 in the first inning that you're going to get additional uh, plate appearances. Uh, but yeah, it's you, you have to do the things that, one, your team's going to be successful, but two, are going to set your team up for success down the road. Mm-hmm. Now... And that's one of those things, I mean, we see it at, at the youth level a lot. We see it in middle school, junior high. Some teams will go out and say they're just trying to win those club tournaments. Well, then some of those players aren't as good down the line because they're not doing the things to set themselves up for success down the road. I believe that's what Coach Will Bolton and company are going to do. They're going to f- filter in a few extra guys, get some more plate appearances because they're down in Waco. Then they're going to go to San Diego get as many plate appearances in these games before they do come home and set yourself up for that conference season so you know these are the guys that have done it in the game and this is where we're going to go from here. Yep. Um, we'll see what the starting lineup today has in store. Uh, we should get that here fairly soon from Will Bolt. Um, you'd obviously be able to find that all over social media. You can obviously 
Follow us on social media as well. We are at KLI and Huskers on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we will. You can also find Caleb's story from the game last night uh, on Twitter and Facebook and on KLIN.com. Um, he'll have it covered for you if you're interested uh, in, in what's going down with Nebraska baseball. Uh, before we hit our first break, and we'll have Michael Brunts uh, around 930, uh, and hopefully we'll get uh, Lamar Jackson and Muhammad Berry in here as well um, to chat a little bit about their Husker careers and what's next for those two guys. Um, Want to transition a little bit to the basketball. Uh, Huskers in action today at home against Wisconsin. Uh, they've already played out there earlier this season, uh, and, and they'll have a, a chance to, to get some revenge here at PBA today. But I don't know what you get out of this team. Like, you, you don't, you have. The 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 way that the, the way that the season's gone so far, Caleb. You had suspensions or injuries on the opposition side, and Nebraska is not able to take advantage. This time, you got Deshaun Burke out, doesn't even make the trip because he's sick. And Hanif Cheatham, you don't know if he's going to be able to play. Game time decision. And he ends up playing, scoring 16 of his 18 points in the second half. And you dang near beat the number nine team in the nation. This team is maddening. It's very inconsistent, which I think we all kind of expected. Um, but the ceiling, I don't know that everybody thought would be there. Uh, the ceiling is, hey, you can play with a top 10 team on the road. I know that Maryland didn't play their best game, and that's kind of how it has to factor in for Nebraska. But that being said, you're one shot away there. Cam Mack driving to the hoop, or maybe you get that three-pointer to go in earlier. That was as good a performance as you could ask for under those circumstances for Nebraska basketball. I, I agree. We've, we've talked a lot about this team's floor as opposed to what we've talked about the ceiling when we talk about how high they can go, but how low they can go. We've talked a lot about the floor and kind of how bad things went through the non-conference schedule. Yeah. But that ceiling, yeah, Maryland didn't play their best game. But that gets magnified by Nebraska forcing them into some other situations. Um, and a call a rope. I, I'm so excited to see his future with Nebraska, the way he can play perimeter defense and has no fear to go back inside. He just got baited at the end of the first half into a pump fake. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was in at the end of the game as part of that press because of his length. He gets on the floor, and all of a sudden Nebraska cuts it back again because Cheatham goes and makes a gazillion free throws. Mack even made both of his free throws late in that game to close it to one. Yeah. Uh, just this team, the way they're playing – I really like what that ceiling is and what that ceiling can become as it becomes more of a culture thing with Hoiberg year after year. And I really liked Cam Mack just taking the ball to the rack. I thought he got fouled, first of all. Um, but it, it's hard to get in there. Was Cheatham open on the wing? Yeah. Didn't, well, everybody was open. Well, <laughs> yeah, because it was one on, on five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do like if you're at the end of the game, not going to call a timeout, go try and initiate some contact. Just that's one of the best shot blockers in the league. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and he was also out of bounds when he recovered the yeah. ball on the floor, but that's neither here nor there, whatever. Um, so a couple things. Gervais Green has started to come alive. I think that's a spark that's helped this team in the last couple of games. He last started games, this last game, yep. and Kevin Cross started for Udrago. And that's going to happen again today, apparently, because Hoiberg yep. liked the way that Udrago came off the bench. Gervais Green th averaging 13 points, 50% shooting, Six and a half rebounds, three and a half assists in his last two games. It seems like he's gotten out of the doghouse a little bit, and and whatever message has tr been trying to get through to him, it might have been delivered and, and finally stuck. Um, he had to play a lot more in place of Deshaun Burke. Hopefully, he's good to go tonight against Wisconsin. But if not, uh, Gervais Green, Gervais Green seems to have turned a little bit of a corner there too. I think that corner was figuring out what is your role because I, yeah. I think some of that first part of the season, Gervais Green was. His role, at least to him, was he's the guy who's going to have to go do some things, and that put himself into some bad situations. Yeah. And then you don't know what happens off the court. He's suspended for a couple games, and then he starts to kind of work himself back into the lineup. I think he's figured out what his his role is to be that next guy who can go score when the team needs it, but also go do some of those things away from the ball, play good defense. He, he's figured out what his role is, and this team is better for it. Yeah, Huskers back in action today against Wisconsin here at home. Uh, it is a one fifteen pregame, uh, so uh, you'll have the game starting at two fifteen, tipping off. It's uh, one of those weird quarter hour uh, deals, so uh, you can hear that on KLI. And the baseball will be over on Wow FM, uh, and that is uh, your rundown for 
the big sports today. Nope, that's a 115 or, tip. 115 tip, yeah, sorry about 115 that. 115 tip. Yeah, 115 tip, so 12-15 pregame. And you can get your pre-pregame at 12.06. There you go. So from 12.06 to 115, we've got your pregame right here. 12.06, starting it off with Caleb. That's good stuff. <laughs> All right, lots to get to today on the KLI and Husker Hour. That's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. We'll have Michael Brunts a little bit later on. Uh, hopefully we're getting Lamar Jackson and Muhammad Barry here in studio as well. Uh, lots to come here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us. Back in just a bit. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Day two of Nebraska baseball. What do they do for an encore and Will Bolt's second game? 19-9 winners last night down at Baylor. 11-run first inning. Just a picture-perfect start for the, the Will Bolt era. So uh, we'll see what they get going in Game 2. That's a 2.05 first pitch. Uh, you can hear that one on WOW FM here um, at uh, the Broadcast House with basketball on KLIN. And it's Day 9 of the softball season, Yep, not the beginning of the Ronda Ravel era. No, no. We're, what, a 1,000 wins she, in now? She crossed the 1,000-win barrier last weekend. Yeah. So, first of all, this is our first show since then, so yes. congratulations to Coach Ravel. Absolutely. Um, glad to see that continuing. And right now, her team is in Atlanta for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, taking on Boston College right now. Um, Nebraska's the home team for this game. Top of the first, one out, Boston College has got runners on the corners. There you go. They're in action it's, right now. Yeah, there's, a game is happening right now. We'll give you. Uh, we can't give you play-by-play. That's that's Nate Rohr's job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He but, does it much better than we would right now. But we might we might have a few more updates here. Uh, some morning softball for you here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Um, Baseball before brunch, softball at the same time. Actually, absolutely. That's that's how you uh, that's how you do it in, in the month of February here in Nebraska, of course. Um, and happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh yeah. Happy Valentine's Day weekend. Um, I'm I'm. We're going out for dinner tonight. My my uh, mom's watching the kids. So, where are you going? A uh, place called J Coco in Omaha. Never heard of it. Neither had I. Oh, good. It was a recommendation. Oh, so we'll see. I'll, I'll report back next Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need review. details. Yes, I'm sure you'll give me that Yelp. You'll be waiting with bated breath. Hey, um, some guy who's not waiting with bated breath on his playing time. Um, Darian Chase has entered the transfer portal. Um, he uh, he did it on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So I think it was Chris Basnett had a nice little, um, nice little roses are red poem for, yeah. for him entering the portal. Uh, he was one of the three freshman wide receivers who came in along with Jamie Nance and Demarion Houston. None of them played more than four games, so all three redshirted. Um, you kind of thought that maybe one of them might make an impact last year. None of them really did, um, and he is uh, he's out. He's not waiting around for uh, another shot. So um, he moves on. That might be a little bit of an indication of some. Looking at all of the receivers that came in in this recruiting class, mm-hmm. uh, notably Omar Manning and Xavier Betts, a couple really big body guys who you would think would be able to make an impact, especially Manning having come from the junior college ranks. Um, just We haven't broken down the roster a whole lot yet this offseason, Caleb, but I know we'll do that more in the spring. There are some positions where there's just a ton of of options. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of the guys, you know, we, we, uh, we were talking about Lamar Jackson and Muhammad Barry. Um, I got my wires crossed. They're being March 14th, um, not uh, February 15th. Um, so they'll be in a couple uh, weeks from now, but those two positions at DB and linebacker, um, there's a lot of guys at those positions. Uh, and there's a ton of guys at wide receiver as well. Um, it's that the way that whole thing shakes out is going to have a huge impact, obviously on how 2019 or 2020 plays out. Um, but at wide receiver, if you're one of those young guys and you don't make that impact in this year, you don't look like you're going to, um, Darian Chase decided to just get out now. Yeah, and what he posted to uh, to Twitter was he was talking about how over the last six or seven years he's lost a number of family members, how that's played into um, his, his, his mental health, d- depression for the past half a decade, yeah. um, and everything kind of can can snowball a little bit. You you have the part where maybe everything's everything's not perfect, but you're kind of on the edge. You're doing okay. Um, you see the class that's coming in, and you start to try to think, well, where do I fit into all of this? And that can really make everything feel like the world is shrinking around you. Um, so and with all the players that have entered the portal, we hope they go find a better situation. Um, same with Chase. I'm sure he's going to go be very successful somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, looking at this class now, 
you're right. There are some very deep positions. We know this quarterback room is as deep as it's ever been. Yes. Um, the linebackers look great. The wide receivers, holy cow. And then you start to look around and go, well, what was it? Uh, ESPN's, uh, was it that SP plus metric that they had? Yeah. Bill Connolly had that. And Nebraska's, that takes returning production. The hype monster. Is that uh, is that what that's, that's what they're yeah, calling it? The yeah, hype that monster. Was what our sister station was pu- was pumping yesterday. Um, they're they're twenty fifth based on the numbers preseason twenty. Based on the numbers, the and country. now these are on the numbers. This isn't what the what the projections are that people yeah. are going and saying. Well, Nebraska's back. Texas is back. Oh, look look what Florida's going to be good. No, these are what the numbers say, and numbers can be wrong. Mm. But it's the tenth best offense based on returning production and expected production, mm. and defense was a ways down, but it averages out to be 10th or 25th, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really consider that being hype so much as here's what the numbers are telling us, not what can you kind of extrapolate a little bit and see what's going on. This is what the numbers say. That gets me a little bit excited. Plus, as we've seen this class come in, you have those junior college guys coming in with Omar Manning, uh, yeah. Phil Darius Payne, um, Look at the freshman coming. Keyshawn Green, yeah. I fully expect it. We talked a lot about the class that's coming in, but these guys that are returning, really, there's so much depth across the board that Nebraska didn't have last year. I really want to see what the running backs do because that's still a place that there's not really depth Yeah, just because most of them are freshmen or redshirt freshmen besides Dedrick Mills. Well, and even when you have depth, there's this there's this other factor, right? Like, if you if you have a ton of guys... As a coach, do you want all of them to make a mark, or would you rather narrow it down to like this group and have them be on the field a majority of the time? I think it's probably the latter. Yeah. And if you have that, then you need some separation to occur in spring, and then you need more separation to occur in the fall. You want that upper crust to make itself very obvious to you as a coaching staff, because if that happens, then you know... Okay, we got J.D. Spielman, but this guy is going to be able to pair up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what Wandale Robinson can give, uh, but we need somebody else to pair up with Dedrick Mills in the backfield on a consistent basis. Is it Ramir Johnson? Is it Savion Morris or Marvin and we Scott? Knew, and we knew on this the actual signing day, mm-hmm. uh, the week and a half ago, that if... The uh, late signing period. The, yeah, now the late signing period. If Nebraska had signed someone, they would have been they would have been at eighty six scholarships. Mm-hmm. So there was going to have to be attrition anyway. Yeah, and, and attrition is perfectly normal to come under your scholarship limit. That's where you can start to look at what, who's open in the transfer portal to come in right away. What are what are some of those options that can come make an impact? And I know Coach Frost said they don't want to build through transfers. Not ideally, it's not ideal, but. At times, it helps really well, and I know Nebraska's not looking for a quarterback, but just using this as an example, Wisconsin getting Russell Wilson certainly changed their fate that season. Yes, without so, a doubt. Some of these teams getting grad transfer spe- or, uh, specialty players, positions that are just in need for their team, it helps. Now, if it's a left tackle... Is it a defensive tackle? Is it a outside linebacker? I don't know. But if there's a spot open, you go fill it. Just saw that last year, obviously, with Darian Daniels yeah. at the defensive tackle position. And I think that made Nebraska's team better. Yes. Well, he was voted a captain. He'd been <laughs> here for a handful of months. Like He'd been here like seven weeks, and they're like, you know what? You And that was, uh, granted, that was a little bit of an easier transition. His brother's here. He wasn't too far away. He was playing. He was playing Power Five football at Oklahoma State. It wasn't from a lower division or something like that. Yeah, Nebraska's gonna play Oklahoma State in a decade, decade and a half. Yeah, you're gonna have kids by then, right? Right. That's I don't know. Think it's about. Four, Fourteen years ago. My youngest, by the way, and we'll get into the schedule stuff. My youngest for that 2035 game. She's eight months old. She'll be able to drive to that game. That's how far away that thing is. Yeah. Anyway, I was doing the math. I went, oh, the last time Nebraska. <laughs> 14 years ago, Nebraska played Oklahoma State as part of the Big 12. Yep. I wasn't old enough to legally drive. Yep. In 14 years, Nebraska, part of the Big 10, will be playing Oklahoma State, and I might have someone who's not old enough to drive. <laughs> Life is weird. Yeah. Life is weird, Cole. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, just to wrap up this discussion about the way all the offense and, and all these, you know, just a logjam of players at these positions... There, I talk about the separation thing. 
if if it's pretty obvious to you that somebody's head and shoulders above in terms of talent, but they don't know the offense yet, and then on the flip side, if you have somebody who clearly knows the offense, but you don't think their ceiling's very high and they're not going to be able to give you much more growth than what you see, is 2020 the year now with th- your, th- your third year with Scott Frost? You still haven't made a bowl game. I think before they have erred on the side of if you know the offense or if you're going to block, like that's the player who's going to get in there. Do you think we're going to get to the point ever, or if this may be the year that they do get to the point offensively where you might skew to the more talented guy, even if they aren't blocking every play or they don't know all the routes or what, like I don't know where that line is or if that line exists, if that's something that Frost is going to be willing to compromise on, but Hopefully you don't have to compromise on it, but if in the event that you do, would this be the year that maybe actually happens? I definitely think that there there is a line somewhere there where it, it's someone maybe that has the talent but doesn't know the playbook as well, and someone that knows the playbook perfectly but just doesn't have the God-given talent and they're not quite there. Yeah. Uh, but I I like that the fact that there, there should be a line if there isn't one, if the coaching staff isn't using one. Mm. I'm sure they are. But I want there to be that separation because, as Brendan Stye says in the fall, what are those guys who who aren't part of that group? Well, now they're hungry. Yeah, they, they they become the wolves at the door. How do they work harder to break into that that group that is getting some more of that playing time? We see it with Coach Hoiberg mm-hmm. that yeah, things haven't gone well, but Charlie easily played himself into a role. Akala Rope has been playing extremely well. Gervais Green got himself back onto the floor. Matei Kavas has got himself back onto the floor. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you're not part of that group? Well, you work your butt off and you show that you should be. And if you have guys that are starting to chase down to be part of that top group, and you're in that top group, you say, well, i got to work harder because mm-hmm. I don't want to lose this spot. Yeah. Nebraska's been missing that for a while. Yeah, no, I agree. They have. And and you would hope that maybe an infusion of the young guys, uh, a little little wolf, what's the wolf at the door? The Is wolf at the Stye door. That's what Sty calls it. Yeah. got to have that wolf at the door. Yeah. Hey. It, whatever works, man, to get some uh, to get something going when uh, you're struggling to find some wins. Um, year three is on the horizon for Frost and company. Uh, we are going to get to segment three here in just a bit. Michael Brunts from Huster 24-7 will join us. We're going to run down football, baseball, basketball, life. How what, what, is, what will his life look like in 2035? We'll hit all that with Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7 next here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour with you here on Saturday. The first show after Nebraska baseball just stomped all over Baylor in their Will Bolt opener, 19-9 down in Waco. That's how you start off a regime. Hey, Cole. Yeah. Softball, yeah. bottom one, yeah, up to one. Hey, hey, live updates here at nine thirty a.m. on a Saturday. I love it. Softball in the morning. We got baseball shortly. This is uh, this is a good time of year. A lot of stuff happening all at once. Makes for busy prep, uh, but it makes for a fun uh, and and unexpected show. Yeah, as I was writing down all of the schedule and looking at stuff for the past week, I went. What is this, like 14 sports happening all at one time? Beach volleyball starts this next week. Men's and women's gymnastics has been going on. Wrestling. Yeah, bowling, wrestling top five. They got rifle. another win last night. What? There's, I know I've, I've talked with, with the UNK's chancellor back when I lived in Kearney, but the life of a university never ends, and that extends to everyone trying to cover what that university is doing. Absolutely. And uh, somebody who tries to cover all of it with uh, 24-7 sports, that's Michael Brunts, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, Brunts, are you are you able to keep up with uh, all the sports happening at once with baseball going last night, basketball today? Uh, I know you do it all over there at Husker 24-7. What's it been like? Uh, well, it's nice to have something to do. It's been, uh, it felt like a pretty quiet January, actually, right? Yeah. Like, there wasn't a ton of recruiting going on. Basketball is about it. I mean, it's uh, it's good to have a little action finally. So I, I don't uh, I don't get into the beach volleyball too much. Maybe I should, but uh, definitely uh, some basketball and baseball today. 
Yeah, Caleb thinks you're missing out. Uh, you're gonna have to turn uh, turn yourself on to that. All right, yeah, let's let's dig into the baseball first. They just just opened the year last night uh, with 11 runs in the first inning, about as good an opening as you could have for a season, let alone the first game of a brand new coaching staff uh, and Will Bolt's first game as a, as a Husker coach. We talked a bit about confidence building this, just you know, starting off the show this morning. Uh, what do you see from a team that has, you know, the you know, kind of a new philosophy at the plate, um, a different rotation starting, and obviously a new coach? Just what does that do for the whole operation getting off to a start like that last night? Well, I mean, it, it gets rid of the nerves pretty quickly, right? I yeah. mean, you, you get five straight hits. You get, you know, 11 runs in that first inning. You send 17 guys to the plate. I mean, it, you know, it, I, I think it shows, you know, how this this offense can be. And, and, you know, they returned a lot of guys in that lineup. I think it was about nine of the top 11 hitters from last year back. And, you know, they really just got after Baylor uh, in that first inning. And, you know, you, you kind of wonder going into it, you know, what, what this offense might look like. Um, with, with Lance Harvell running it. I mean, we didn't really get to see a ton of it. It was just stringing together hits, and it's easy to do that, um, you know, when, when you're just really dialed in. So I think that's a credit to the coaching staff that uh, they kind of hit the ground running there. And, you know, the, the thing that, you know, the, the, the question mark about this team, and it'll continue to be one, um, you know, until we get a little bit farther into the season, is uh, the pitching staff. And, you know, for a guy like Gareth Stroh, who, you know, make his Nebraska debut. He's a, a, a local kid. Um, I'm, I'm sure he had some nerves, and you know, the, the the probably the most stress he had was staying warm during that first inning uh, because it was you know 40 some odd minutes uh, that he had to sit there and watch. So mm-hmm. you, you really couldn't have scripted it much better. And, and we'll see, you know, what what this team's uh, you know mental makeup is and, and how the coaches kind of reset the deck today. I mean, you, as good as you were last night. Uh, you, you probably got some pretty pissed off Baylor players uh, after they kind of got it uh, rubbed in their face last night. Brun, sticking with the, the the offensive side of the ball, obviously, yeah, eleven runs in the first inning. I, I said yesterday on LNK today that I think this Will Bolt era is going to be building a team that can not just win through the Big Ten, but that ultimate goal is the College World Series, and you win the College World Series by stringing together hits and small ball and just trying to advance runners because no one at TD Ameritrade is trying to hit a bunch of long balls. Is that what you're expecting out of this team and the Will Bolt era? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what they want to do. And, you know, it was it was in the fall kind of watching how they did things. I mean, it was a lot of stolen base attempts, uh, you know, putting pressure with, with bunts and, and, you know, a lot of hitting and running. And I, I think, you know, it's, I go back to, to when Darren Erstad was hired. Uh, you know, I, I know that he and Will Bolt kind of think similarly offensively about kind of how you should do things. And you know, we, we didn't really see a lot of the the sack bunting and a lot of the stolen bases and, and the stuff like that later in the Erstad era. And I think that you know Nebraska is really going to try to force the issue on teams. I mean, they, they if they get a leadoff runner on, they are going to get that runner into scoring position with less than two outs. I mean, that that's what they want to do. And, you know, I think the other thing that's, you know, maybe not, you know, uh, it's kind of a well duh type thing, I think, but, you know, Nebraska's staff has basically gone to the hitters and said, look, like, we don't need you to be everything for us. Uh, you know, we don't need you to, to steal 25 bases and, you know, hit 25 home runs. You know, they, they've been really clear about what they want roles to be. Uh, they've been very clear about, you know, what uh, what they want to do. And I think that you saw a little bit of that last night with guys just dialed in right from the get-go. We'll see, you know, when they have to play a little bit more small ball and it dials some things up. But I think last night was a pretty good start for, for a group that uh, seemed like it was kind of poised to hit the ground running. Michael Brunt's joining us here from Husker 24-7. We're on the, Caleb, uh, on the KLIN Husker Hour. Uh, Colby Gomez gets the start today. He had 13 saves for the Huskers last season in a bullpen role. Now he's in the starting rotation. That can kind of be a rocky transition for some guys. What are the the coaching? What are the coaches looking for out of Gomez, and why do they feel like this is the best time for him to make that transition to a starter role? Well, I think he's a he's a big physical kid. I mean, he's every bit of six foot four. I mean, he, he looks like a guy that you would see on a roster at 
you know, Florida or Vanderbilt or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, there just aren't a lot of guys on Nebraska's roster that look like Colby Gomez. You know, I, I think they kind of saw the way that he played last year. I think Colby, to, to his credit, kind of saw this too, that, you know, he wasn't really doing the best that, that he could at the plate with, with doing both uh, pitching and hitting. And, uh, you know, getting him to, to focus on just the pitching now, he, he, you know, throwing in the low 90s. The question for him is, is, you know, can you turn over a lineup and, you know, you get through a lineup a second time or a third time uh, to get into the fifth and sixth inning. That's what we don't know yet. Um, I, I know that he's, you know, kind of working on some secondary pitches that will allow him to do that. But, you know, last year it was just a lot of, you know, just straight fastballs, uh, the occasional slider. But uh, he, he's going to have to, to kind of pitch a little bit this year. And that's the question mark for him is, you know, can he be that guy that, uh, you know, really just kind of, allows his team to you know get, to keep him in the game allow him an opportunity to score some runs because um, we've only seen him in, in a short burst but you know he, he's got plus stuff um, on the mound and we'll just see if, if it can hold up uh, over multiple trips through the lineup switch gears and switch over to to basketball Nebraska in action at today against Wisconsin here at PBA nine straight losses uh, but they just about won at number nine Maryland on Tuesday. And I know this is a lost year, but do you think do you get the sense that Hoiberg is worried at all about guys losing confidence as the losses pile up? Uh, there's obviously the losing streak from his Iowa State first season to point two to where you could say no, but um, it, it there there's not a lot of result that you can point to right now with everybody you know making strides or getting better in their games, what have you, to point to when there's still. Uh, you know, you end the game and the other team has more points than you. Where's Hoiberg at with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he was really encouraged by the, the second half that they played at Maryland. Um, you know, I, I'm guessing there was probably a little bit of concern after that Iowa game and the way that things kind of snowballed him in the, on him in the second half. I mean, it, it, it was ugly. Um, it, there's really no way to dress that up. And uh, I, I thought that they competed really hard against Maryland, and that to me, is the best sign of, you know, where a team's at mentally. Um, you know, they, they could have very easily just kind of packed it in uh, against Maryland after the, the first half, but they, they played well. Uh, probably one of their better halves that they've played this season. Um, and and I, I think that bodes well uh, going into a game like today against Wisconsin, who uh, has played well at times and, and also, uh, you know, it seems like they could be, you know, maybe right for an upset. Uh, Nebraska plays good basketball. So, you know, right now, I think the, the, the coaching staff is focusing on individual development, the preaching effort and energy. I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to figure out, I think, you know, long term, which guys are going to be able to help them uh, in, in this program and which guys uh, may, maybe aren't what they thought when they recruited them. So that's kind of how they're approaching it. Uh, but, you know, I, I think this team really felt um, that they should have won that game at Maryland. They felt they played a good game and, and maybe – uh, that kind of helps you down the stretch here as you, uh, you know, you're, you're getting close to the Big Ten tournament. With, and I know Coach Hoiberg has talked a lot about he just wants to see the energy. And that was his biggest disappointment in that, uh, sec, or in that stretch against Iowa was that he didn't see the energy. Um, but like you said, he's working on individual development. As Cole and I were talking earlier in the game, we think Gervais Green really figured out his role, and that's why he's flourished over the last few. We've seen uh, Kavas come in after missing a number of games. Akala Rope is getting a lot more run right now. Cross is going to be starting uh, potentially today for that second straight game. What have you been noticing about the players, not just in their development, but in really figuring out what is their role with this team for this team to be successful? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think Gervais kind of, uh, there was definitely some disappointment on his part after he got taken out of the starting lineup. And, you know, I, I think he figured out that, you know, he can still be uh, a really big contributor on this team uh, when he's called upon. And I think that, you know, even though Ivan was taken out of the starting lineup, uh, you know, he came in and played really well in that second half against Maryland. And, you know, I, I think that, with the way that this team was put together, it was going to take some time, I think, for guys to figure out not only what their roles were, but also for the coaching staff to figure out, you know, what, when they could use guys or, or maybe what guys' weaknesses were or, you know, kind of how to coach them, basically. 
And I, I think that's, you know, kind of what you're seeing now is, is these guys are getting comfortable. I think the buy, that, that week-long buy kind of came at the right time, too, where they could kind of reset the deck a little bit, take a little bit harder look at, you know, guys like a Cola Rope, um, you know, that, that gave him a take of off. Uh, the ability to maybe get in there and play a little bit more too. So, uh, you know, I, I think that there's they've got to figure things out a little bit. I think they really like the starting lineup that they they ran out there against Maryland, even though it was a little bit by necessity because Deshaun Burke was sick. But uh, you, you can see guys playing better individually. I think over the last few games, especially the guys coming off the bench, it just seems like they're a little bit more uh, dialed into to what Nebraska's doing. Let's finish up with football here with Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Haven't talked to you since Matt Lubick got hired to replace Troy Walters. Uh, the now late signing period behind Nebraska, and they, they've they finished off their class. Uh, no more scholarship guys there, but a couple more walk-ons. Um, the, the Lubick thing fascinates me because there wasn't really – like Frost could have been – fine sticking with Walters going into another season. There are plenty of ways to explain around that. You know, you're, you're building, you want to have staff continuity, what have you. Um, but he did make that change anyway. What does that say to you about how Frost might be feeling that sense of urgency entering his third season? Well, I think, you know, I think there is a sense of urgency. Um, obviously, you know, missing bowl games the last two years, um, you know, that, that really kind of puts you behind the eight ball uh, in kind of building your program. I, I think, you know, when you look back at last year and in one area that they really needed to get better offensively and, and frankly didn't get better throughout the year, that uh, was a wide receiver. Uh, they, they weren't good enough from a uh, just an explosiveness uh, point of view. I, I don't know that you saw a ton of development from some of the younger guys, uh, you know, in, in the program. You know, I think that you know, recruiting needed to be a little bit better at that spot too. So, you know, I, I think what it signals is, is you know, as much as, you know, he, he's valued, um, you know, keeping that group together, that coaching group together and, and the familiarity that comes with that. Uh, you know, Matt Lubick is a guy that Scott Frost has always leaned on. Uh, it's kind of a sounding board uh, in terms of scheme and, and that kind of thing. So it made a lot of sense that uh, he, he would be the guy that Scott Frost would turn to. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you can say that about Troy Walters on the same, you know, on the other hand, too. I mean, they, they brought Mike Dawson back. And, you know, I, I know that they respect the heck out of him, but uh, there's familiarity there, too. So I, I think, you know, that they want to get better. But I think at the same time, you know, you're not going to see Scott Frost go you know, completely uh, out of left field with a hire like that uh, to, to try to get that staff better. Bruns, to, to wrap things up, I know it's hard to look – you know, seven months down the line, see to know exactly what this football team is going to look like. What about fourteen years? <laughs> uh, you need to you need to go to like the park today and see if there's any really fast three year olds that are out there running running around. I think because that's going to be who's going to be uh, scoring off against Oklahoma State. It's crazy. Like I my my eight month old will be able to drive to that game. Like this is madness. What are we doing here? Yeah, I, I was doing the math on how my eight month old is going to be and, and how old I'll be at that time, and I uh, I quickly stopped and, and started <laughs> doing something else. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be well past our uh, our halfway point in life, I think. At that point, Brunts, it's it's kind of a, yeah, kind of a scary and, thing to think knows, about. Probably ha- by that point, they'll have a game scheduled in like twenty sixty. I, I would guess. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awesome, yeah. Twenty thirty-five, yeah. That's where that's where we're at today in the uh, the scheduling game. Brunts, uh, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot, and try not to think about where you're going to be fifteen years from now too hard. But book that hotel room in Stillwater now, though. They fill up fast. Oh yeah, get out and get out in front for sure. Thanks a lot for the time. Thanks, guys. All right, Michael Brunts from Husker twenty four seven. We got to grab a break, but uh, yeah, that's a long ways away. That is a long ways out. And it added a few first-ever opponents yeah, yeah. to the schedule. We'll, we'll tell you about those when we come back and uh, continue on with the KLIN Husker Hour right after this. What's up, Danger? Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. More KLIN Husker Hour here. Finishing up the show before a busy day. Baseball's back. 
at 2.05. That's over on WOW FM. And uh, you'll hear Husker Hoops pregame starting at 12.06 with that guy, K-Line Sports Director Caleb Henry, and then right into the uh, network coverage at 12.15, tip-off at 1.15 against Wisconsin, right over there at Pinnacle Bank Arena. And in football, now we know who Nebraska is going to play in the non-conference in 2028 and 2030 and 2034 and 5. Like We're looking forward to the 20th anniversary of the Husker Hour. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be wild. So you have Oklahoma State home and home. That was kind of the highlight, 2034 yep. and 35. Bill Moose has talked about this. Frost and him are, are actually targeting former conference teams. Yep. You've already got the Colorado and Oklahoma series. That yep, were so on this, the books, ac- this actually this makes Oklahoma State. eight games on the future schedule against former Big 8, Big 12 teams. Yep. Oklahoma in 21-22, then again in 29-30, and 30, Colorado in 23-24, and 24, and you just wrapped up a home-and-home with Colorado in 18-19. Yep. and 19. Yep, and Mel Tucker will not be coaching those games for the Buffs. No, he will not. <laughs> uh, Nebraska plays Michigan State in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll see him again. Um, the other announcements, uh, San, San Diego State, South Dakota State was going to be playing against Nebraska in 2024. As the now, second of a three-game contract. Yeah, now they're not. That moved to 2030. They're still playing them this coming season in 2020 and in 2028. The 2024 game is now going to be UTEP. They're playing UTEP in 24 and 28. Mm-hmm. Louisiana Monroe in 2025. And Frank Solich's Ohio Bobcats in 2026. Who knows if they'll still be Frank Solich's Ohio Bobcats in 2026? You hope. But I mean, you hope so. That's. I mean, that's seven more wonder. years. That is seven more years. But if there was ever a time Frank Solich back in Memorial Stadium, just announced that that's his his uh, retirement year right there. Basically, that that'd have to be it. But it, you you welcome that guy back, right? Yes, absolutely, you do. He got a bad rap. Look. He had the seven and seven year. He got blown out three times in two thousand three, and that was the pretext that that Steve Peterson used to fire him and then go forty days without an, a clue of what he was doing. Had to play against the two thousand one Hurricanes. Yeah, and honestly, Nebraska shouldn't have been in that BCS championship. But thank you, computers. I mean, yeah, uh, Oregon. I think probably would have been more deserving. Colorado, maybe the better team of those three: Oregon, Nebraska, Colorado. Um, but hey, don't lose to Fresno State in yeah. like week two. Um, don't complain about it. And then, so, yeah, you, you have Solich coming, you know, he had the six-year run. He wasn't recruiting on the same level. That was a concern. But did he deserve to be fired? We're not going to get into that right now. But, no, his his legacy with Nebraska is secure. He played as a fullback in the 60s. He coached on national championship teams. He was the head coach for the last conference championship yep. this program has had in 1999. That's a big thing that gets forgotten. Coached the last Heisman Trophy winner this program has had in 2001 with Eric Crouch. Last time Nebraska made a national championship game. Um, there are a lot of things that Frank Solich did for this program, and I don't think getting fired by one of the worst athletic directors in program history uh, is a black mark on his reputation. That's pointed to as the slide for Husker football. Not Tom Osborne's retirement, but... He, look, he oversaw the Colorado game in 01 when Chris Brown ran wild for six touchdowns, and that was really the 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 game where I think the invincibility factor of Nebraska went away, uh, and the confidence internally went away a little bit with it as well. Um, you saw that in 02 and 03. Um, yeah, but he... I hope he's still here. He was, I, I hope he's still there yeah, coaching. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. And, and even if he's not, I think... I think he's got to come back for that game, he, regardless. He should be, yeah. If, he, if he's the head coach of Ohio, he'd obviously be there. And if he's not, he'd probably be retired, and he wouldn't have anything else to do on a Saturday morning. Exactly. So, yeah, he, was, he should be in Lincoln that weekend regardless, and that would be an awesome scene to see. September 5th, 2026. Yeah. Serious set a reminder. Just like Brunt said last segment, get your, get your hotel book now. <laughs> Those things will fill up fast. All right, let's uh, let's get to our last break here. Uh, come back and finish this thing up. Busy weekend. Oh, busy. Caleb oh. has your rundown, Ace Ventura style. Um, <laughs> we will get to that and uh, wrap this thing up when we come back. Here, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. The country giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, fourteen hundred KLIN. Back here to wrap this thing up. If you missed any of today's KLIN Husker Hour extravaganza, 
Michael Brunts joined us uh, a few segments ago. You can always catch up on uh, our Facebook and Twitter pages at KLIN Huskers. You can see us uh, on the podcast page at KLIN.com as well. Uh, and uh, we have, um, oh, I wanted to get to this too. The football schedule announcement, we, we obviously got that. Uh, Darian Chase entered the transfer portal. Uh, other personnel news, Christian Gaylord was granted his sixth year of eligibility. Um, one of the Husker offensive linemen mm-hmm. uh, missed one of the seasons um, with uh, an injury. Uh, it cut off last year. He had an injury in fall camp um, that would have been his senior season. Um, and uh, his father actually uh, passed away in September in a car accident. Um, and Gabrielle Union wore his jersey yep, that I his dad that. wore uh, to, to college game day. He gets 2020, so he'll be with the Huskers for one more season. Good for Christian Gaylord. And we've also got the uh, our weekly poll. We'll fit it in here really yeah. quickly at the end. What is the minimum the Huskers need to achieve for Will Bolt's first season to be considered a success? Winning record, regional bowl berth, host regional, or make a super regional? Interesting. I, I wonder how the, the voting, I think it'll probably end up being just make a regional. Right now we've got 52% say just a winning record. Just winning record, okay. And a winning record might get you there depending on how the, mm-hmm. the schedule shakes out. Um, there's not a big not a big gap between winning record and regional berth. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's how you define success early on in a tenure. We, we've struggled with it with, uh, with Scott Frost and Fred Hoiberg. Uh, we'll see how Will Bolt can do. He certainly got off to a great start. What else is on tap for this weekend, Caleb? Well, we've got softball going right now. Top of the third, Nebraska is leading Boston College 3-1 to in Atlanta in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. They'll take on Georgia Tech later today. Men's basketball hosting Wisconsin at one fifteen here on 1400 KLIN. Baseball is at Baylor for the second of a three-game set. That's going to be at two oh five over on 105.3 WOW FM. Softball tomorrow plays Boston College again. Baseball wraps up with Baylor at one oh five here on 1400 KLIN. Women's basketball is at number 19 Northwestern at 2 on B1073. Monday and Tuesday off on Wednesday, women's basketball at Ohio State. Thursday, men's basketball hosting Michigan State. And then next Friday, it's another busy one. Softball is taking on both Oklahoma and BYU, not at the same time, separate games. Beach volleyball gets started. They're hosting Park. Those games are closed to the public, obviously, until we can get you know a nice beach volleyball arena going. Baseball is at San Diego. And then number four, wrestling at number 13 Minnesota. Again, all of those next Friday. So softball's not playing two different teams at once, you say? No, they they will be playing multiple games in the day. Because that would be that would be something. Double header, as it as it were. As it were. Yes. Well, hey, um, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening here this morning to the KLI and Husker Hour. Um, again, Nebraska baseball will be over on Wow FM today. Uh, that's a two oh five first pitch. Game two against Baylor. Uh, we're probably going to see a line change from them as they're staggering their uh, 14 players on suspension. All those suspensions. Uh, with Colby Gomez getting his start uh, in the starting rotation this year. He did start twice last season, but he was the closer for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Husker basketball. Uh, you'll be right back here uh, at 12.06 with that pregame pregame. Yes, sir. Very good. All right. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you get a little bit more celebrating in. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.